Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Talk, I'm sorry, but No Politics Okay podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Lenz, and today we got a very special thing. We're doing uh, movies with mags. So my good friend, uh, Matt Maglio, is going to be doing this with me. I'm gonna, we're going to try and do it once a month and get everything going good we're gonna look at movie we're gonna review it and just pretty much do that but this is definitely some movie time i picked the movie this week for can't hardly wait and matt will be picking the other ones and without further ado let me please bring in matthew maglio or you could just call him mags how you doing mags i'm good andrew how are you thanks for having me on buddy oh thank you i'm i'm doing good I'm doing good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Let's, uh, I can't hardly wait to tear this movie to shreds. So <laughs> let's hop in. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so anyways, Andrew tasked me with watching Can't Hardly Wait. And I just want to preface this by telling the audience that I, I had to watch it twice. First of all, yes, the movie came out in 1998. I had never seen it before. I was born in 91. So I would have been seven at the time that it came out. I had never seen it before. I heard of it, never really took the time to watch it. And so I pulled it up on Netflix. Oh man, it took me two times to get through it. I couldn't watch it all the way through. It was just that. Ugh. And I, I know Andrew told me that he, he this is this movie has had an impact on him. He liked it a lot, but I just could not connect. And uh I will go into the reasons why. So first, can't hardly wait. Uh, let's let's talk about the premise. The premise is a high school class, they're graduating. All right. So 
they're going to have this big party uh, after graduation. And the story basically follows these five characters who all come from pretty different walks of life um, or cliques within the high school. You have the main character, who I would consider the main character is Preston. Uh, he's kind of anti-social. I think he's a little bit nerdy. Um, and he has a crush on who I would consider probably the other main character. Uh, Amanda is her name. She's pretty much your typical high school cheerleader, valedictorian type, the hottest girl in the school. Everyone wants to get with her, and he's just this nerd who would never really have a shot with her. I don't want to consider and, him a nerd. I'm sorry for I don't consider <laughs> Preston a nerd. Well, He's an you, average you know, guy. Okay, I, I I feel you on that. I will say he is antisocial though. I think that is is pretty pronounced. I, I won't say nerdy actually. I'll say antisocial because I feel like the actors were very in their pretent, pretentious in their roles. They tried to sell it and overdo it. So you could kind of tell what the character really was trying to be in the movie. And I feel like he's definitely antisocial nerdy. That's more of one of the other main characters, William. Uh, he's definitely a nerd and he gets uh, pretty much all throughout high school. He's been uh, bullied by Amanda, her boyfriend, uh, Michael. He's your typical jock, your typical popular kid who peaks in high school and blah, blah, blah. And, um, he's one of the main characters and then there are two others um Preston he has a best friend named Denise she is also antisocial that's why they click so well and they're pretty much attached at the hip from what I could tell in the movie um the last main character would be uh Kenny he is played by Seth Green and he is pretty much literally Malibu's most wanted. I think that's where that character came from. He played that role really well, which is very uh over the top gangster type of thing. That's what he was trying to accomplish. He he's very much uh very much um he, he's trying to be hood. He's trying to be a gangster, a wannabe and 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 I believe that's where the Malibu's most wanted character came from was him. He's he I think he actually did a good job in that role. So those are our main characters. And anyway, so they're all going to be attending this party for different reasons. Preston wants to pronounce his love for Amanda. Michael just broke up with Amanda, and he wants to try to get with as many girls as possible. Amanda wants to go to the party, and she's just like kind of – you can't really tell at first if she's like sad by breaking up with Michael or just like trying to see if there's still hope there getting back together or whatnot. And then there's Kenny and his gangster friends. They're all trying to get laid. And Denise doesn't want to go, but Preston pressures her into going. And lastly, William is, like, planning revenge on Michael. He, him and his two nerd buddies are going to, like, jump him from the roof of a garage or some shit like that. So they're planning revenge for all the years that Michael is tormenting them. Now, when they get to this party, things start to unfold not the way they really envisioned it. Um, Kenny is trying to get with girls, and he's striking out left and right. No one wants to bother with him. Michael realizes that, oh, crap, I dumped the hottest girl, and no one else is really interested in me. 
and he finds out from a buddy that college isn't what it seems that he's going to struggle actually trying to get with girls and build his reputation back up and be popular. Um, William, who the nerd that wants revenge on Michael, he's kind of, he's against drinking, against partying and stuff, but he has to, to blend in, to get close to Michael to sabotage him. So he actually starts to drink and party and have a good time. And then, like I said earlier, Preston wants to pronounce his love to Amanda. So he's got this letter that he wrote to her in like, I don't know, elementary school or something like that. Or no, like ninth grade, whatever he was in. I don't know. He was in some grade. He wrote her a love letter. And uh, Denise is also at first not vibing with anyone at all at the party. She's really uncomfortable there. And she's kind of about to leave and let Preston do his own thing and, and go pursue Amanda. So at this point, you start to see everyone in their stereotypes and stuff like that, and it all starts to crumble apart. Um, Michael makes a couple attempts to try to go over to Amanda, spark a conversation with her, and he just can't seem to do it. He gets interrupted by some goofball and other things like that, and he also misplaces the letter, which Amanda finds the letter but she has no idea who Preston is because he's antisocial. And then at the same time, Mike is realizing, crap, I lost a good girl. I need to get her back. And she's realizing that she doesn't need him at all, and he's a loser, and that she can move on. And then at the same time during that, William is like, wow, I actually kind of like Mike. I'm starting to fit in now that I'm drinking and partying, blah, blah, blah. So he's sort of having to change of heart towards Mike. And lastly, surprise, surprise, Kenny and Denise hit it off. They actually have a uh, a past you find out about, and they get locked in a, into a bathroom together, and they end up doing the dirty. So pretty much what I want to say to you guys is I've been rambling on for a couple minutes, and the movie is just as horrible as listening to me for the last five minutes was. So, Andrew, I, I just got to ask, why do you like this movie so much? I can say I like this movie and I picked it um, because this was a movie that I watched over and over and over again. Shockingly, out of all the teenage 90 movies, I would have to say this is my favorite. It's very different and there's a lot of relatable characters in it. I actually started eating, what was it? Cherry pop, strawberry pop tarts because of this movie. No way. (laughs) Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about in the beginning. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. In the classroom, they both had the strawberry pop tarts. So he thought it was fate because he's a weirdo. Oh my (laughs) God. Like there's little, there's little things. I will give you that. There's little things in the movie like that, that are pretty cool. But I just think like, the acting is, is really over the top. I felt like I was watching like a mix of Van Wilder and, and Mean Girls and like all those like high school college movies. And, and, and these actors were just, I, I mean, not they were doing their job. They were acting the way they were told to acting. I just didn't like the way it was directed or produced. They were too over the top, I feel like. It was almost like a good movie to me when you're watching it you don't 
realize it's not real. I think you might have, like you said, you might have had trouble with it because if you would have watched this when you were seven, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it would have been like horrible. In in ninety eight, I was I don't know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. Yeah. So I mean, this was something that you could almost relate. I I could relate to. I mean, yeah, we did. absolutely. Because you were you were like at that time where you're graduating high school and stuff. And granted, this is different for me because yes, this came out 22 years ago. It's it's the quality is way different than movies that come out today. So when I was watching it, I would, you know, grain of salt. You gotta. It, it's a film from the from the 90s. It's not going to be. Uh, high definition um it, you know it, it's it's from that time so that kind of uh it didn't throw me like i said but it didn't at the same time help me get into it um, was it see i didn't watch it i'm going off a of pure memory from years ago this is the one too i also remember there's that dude in there i believe it was he ended up playing Sherman in American Pie. He was the he was like a redheaded kid, and he just went around stealing shit. And he stole like a gumball. Oh yeah, machine. yeah, 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 yeah. I know that what you're talking about. Yeah. And he was like in the background. Nobody even didn't notice him. I remember watching that and thinking that was a great. And I remember uh, the alcohol card that William had. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he, where he yeah. was like. I could drink this amount of alcohol and still not get drunk. And still be, yeah, and be sober and be able to uh, do, carry out the plan and blah, blah, blah. That, that was funny. Yeah. I, uh, like I said earlier, there were bits and pieces of that movie that, yeah, there, there's something there. And especially the, the way it all played out probably resonated with me the most, I would say like everything, it holds true. A lot of people peak in high school and then the cool kids become losers. And then the losers become the guys who, you know, run the world. So I also like, like to... go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you uh, off. No, I also liked it. Cause like what you what you were getting at with, you know, the cool kids is at the end of the film. Uh, I like closure to it i believe i touched yeah. on this it, i i like closure you don't gotta show me this stuff like uh i believe it was last week when we were ta- when me and uh, the other guest host was talking about draft day there's no closure in that movie so it kind of doesn't wear me but this movie there's closure where at the end of the movie it tells you what kind of each character did and everything yeah. else that is what I liked as well. Like I said, Mike, uh, with the, the popular kid in high school, he ended up being like overweight working at a car wash. And and and, and William, the guy who was like a, a nerd, he goes to Harvard and he becomes a millionaire for some uh, company. I think it was a computer company, I believe. Yep. Something like that. And he's dating this hot chick now. And that and like, so it just goes to show. And I feel like that's relatable in real life. Because, I mean, everyone has seen it. There's the popular kids in high school, and some of them, some of them just don't pan out in real life. And then there's the, the, the nerds, the outcasts. They 
study hard and they make something of themselves and it completely flips. Popularity doesn't matter. That's the one thing I liked about this movie was the ending. There was closure. You saw everything. Preston ends up getting the girl. The good guy gets the girl for once. Uh, Kenny and Denise end up together. And it's it's a good good ending. I will say that. Good endings. And But there was one thing that I saw while I was looking up this movie. What's that? Um, there's Jennifer Love Hewitt is planning a sequel. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I, uh, on her pod, on a, or she was a guest on a podcast or something like that. And uh, this was in 2019. I don't know the exact date. I don't know the podcast. Uh, you could you could Google and look it up though. She said that she wanted to uh, develop and direct it a uh, sequel herself. Can't hardly wait to. So that might be something you would be interested in because you like that movie so much. And it's like pretty much a reunion from their high school and it follows them up to what they're doing today. I don't I think I would watch it, but I think it's one of those things where they need to watch themselves in a category of American pie where American pie just got absolutely ridiculous yeah but i wouldn't yeah, i that. agree i this... agree with that see i wouldn't be in well maybe i would be because i'm doing this i i guess i would probably be interested in a sequel to just to see because i'm already invested this much i wouldn't <laughs> enjoy it but i would sit through it <laughs> you know but like, it's got a good soundtrack too i never noticed the soundtrack that that's one thing I will say this movie had was a fucking bomb ass soundtrack. You got Blink One Eighty Two, you got Guns N' Roses, uh, I think Buster Rhymes was in there. Yeah, uh, just a bunch of bunch of good good artists. So that I always a lot of people don't look at soundtracks of movies, but I'm always interested in the soundtrack of the movies. You got to have a good soundtrack, and this movie, this movie, I could see why they would greenlight a sequel. It made like fifteen million dollars. Oh yeah, it did gross. Uh, it, it it definitely grossed more than the budget, a hundred percent. I think I saw, like, it was only like ten million to make, and the box office was twenty five or something like that. So yeah, it grossed fifteen. That's Darn definitely, fun. definitely a, a, a for that time too. Being in nineteen ninety eight, that's a lot of money. Like nowadays, you see movies gross like a hundred million or whatever, but. 15 million back then, 22 years ago, that was a killer in the box office. Do you have a favorite, like, who is your favorite character, and, like, what character did you just hate the most? I hated Mike. Okay. 100%. Because I I just don't like bullies, period. Like, I don't care if you're the most popular or what, there's no reason to bully. Like, I, I just... Personally, I hate that. Like, I was the type in high school, if I saw someone getting bullied, even if I didn't know him, I would stand up for him. I know this is a comedy movie, and it's not a serious movie, but just the fact that he was associated with being that jock that bullied people, he could jump off a cliff for all I care. <laughs> um, the, the character, 
I like the most probably Preston because he's he's very innocent and it was nice to see the good guy get the girl for once. Yeah. I feel like that's something that's not like common in movies or in real life. So it was nice to actually see it play out where the, the good guy gets the girl. So I, I was kind of rooting for Preston. I like Preston. I would say he's probably my favorite character. I also like Kenny just because he's a gangster. <laughs> through and through. Does he remind you of somebody that we might know or one or two people that we might know? Uh, Probably Drew. <laughs> He's got a Cody um, vibe to him, too. Yeah, yeah. For the listeners that don't know, we used to work uh, at, at this place uh, called Standard Auto, and that's where I would do, like, movies by mags. And we worked with uh, these two, two guys, Cody and Drew. I won't say their last names just for privacy reasons and whatnot but i actually i still work with them at my new job to this day and they're still gangster to the core yeah i the one the one character that i did like it was a minor character well not liked but i thought it was funny was um melissa joan hart's character where she just went running around yeah yeah was was she the one that wanted everyone to uh the signer yearbook is that her or yeah that was her yeah that she, that was funny she was like everyone signed my yearbook and people kept blowing her off and stuff the one person just straight dumped it in the garbage can yeah <laughs> she was like on a quest it was a nice little like minor character quest that, wait what's you know, that again i didn't hear you it was like a nice minor character role where she went running around going yeah, you know yeah i want everybody to sign my yearbook and that was like her yeah, whole quest her was, was just vicky, to get people vicky. to sign her yearbook yeah vicky the yeah. yearbook girl yeah that's who it was that's so funny yeah because i mean Man. that was that was that was the one thing that always got to me that that i thought was funny because it was a minor character and everybody else has these big quest to do all these things like you said William wants to get back at Mike and everything else and then here's Vicky she just wants people to sign her yearbook the Jerry yeah. O'Connell character was great it's funny something so simple was just like a funny ass plot in the movie of getting a yearbook signatures and you want to know something about her I feel like she doesn't age no Joan Hart. She, no. She's like Pharrell. She don't age. She, no. she looks the same and all like, I remember in, her and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and all the way to like uh, to, like uh, I saw a movie with her not like super recently but like maybe like two, three years ago and she looks exactly the same. I think it was God's Not Dead maybe or something like that. Oh, I don't know. She, she, was, she was in that, yeah. And she like literally doesn't age. Yeah, I watched her in Mavis. First started watching her on Nickelodeon when she was on Clarissa Explains It All. Oh God, I remember that show. Oh my God. Yeah. I love I love the Jerry O'Connor character of the Trick McNeely, you know, the guy that was like, I used to be like you, Mike, and now look at me, I hang out at high school parties. Yeah. I th- it, 
I like you said, I think this movie gives a lot more realism to high school than everything else. Like you got dazed and confused, which is a great kind of movie that's set in the seventies. But then yeah, now like when I first watched it, the Matthew McConaughey character was like super cool. And, you know, he's got the line, you know, the great thing about high school girls is that they, I, or no great thing is that, what is it? I keep on getting older and they stay the same age to me. Now that's just creepy. <laughs> yeah. That's creepy, <laughs> now. creepy now. I mean, it's funny when you watch it back then, but now it's just like looking back on it. It's creepy. Yeah. I think this would definitely be like a good, I don't know. I think it could, well, according to you, doesn't really stand the test of time but it, it could in a way i think if a younger kid watched it they might what would you rank it out of 10 out of 10 out of my personal yeah. i would give it uh, i would say about a seven i'm gonna go high because it's one of those movies that probably not a lot of people like but you, I, I would, I would, I would go a six point three. I'm not gonna kill this movie, but I'm not gonna like praise it too much either. It, it, it was, like I said, it just didn't click for me. It just didn't. In the right time, to the right demographic, to the right group, I could see, I could see why you like it and why it resonated with you at that time. But just now, um, yeah. Yeah, it, I, I won't completely tear it to shreds because I could see a time and a place for it, but just I think I caught the wave 22 years too late. <laughs> Looking at Rotten Tomatoes, they're like the tomato ometer thing is like 42%, but the audience yeah. score is 63%, which I would say that's yeah. that's accurate. If you're looking at it as purely a movie it's not that great but if you're looking at yeah. it, like around someone my age that watched it yeah it's it's pretty good i mean it's I no would, i would say i would recommend this movie to like um you, i would say your age group <laughs> my I, age group i love that well just because <laughs> like like you said when it came out you were like 16 17 years old it hit with you. It connected because they're like the same age, maybe a year or two older, you know? So it's like, I, I just feel like it hits more with that demographic. Like kids today would be like, what is this shit? And, and, and you know, like I said, there's, there's a time and a place for this type of movie. And uh, I, all the audience out there, I wouldn't say this is something to go to Netflix and watch it right away. I have a couple of those movies in the tuck for you guys that I will tell you about that you need to watch. We will get to those when those episodes air. But this is a movie I would just say, unless you're desperate, unless it's like a rainy day and you've watched like five movies and you need something else, uh, that's when I would go to this. I wouldn't. This wouldn't be a go-to for me, or I wouldn't tell anyone to go out of their way and watch it. See, I would be different. I would tell somebody to do it. If you're looking for a little bit of a little bit of high school nostalgia, huh? Yeah, 
I know you. You would be balls deep, like, just handing this movie out to everyone. I know you already. Oh, You'd be telling people, like, as soon as we linked up and talked about movies by Max, you were like, can't hardly wait. We're doing it. <laughs> I love this I movie. know you're pumped about it, but like I said, it, it just hits a, a, it hits you differently, you know? It Yeah, because it does bring back. I mean, we used to do house parties, like I said, and hotel parties and all that wacky stuff. So, I mean, there's yeah. many different Even, aspects. Like, like the way they dress and stuff like that is probably nostalgic to, to, to your, your age group and stuff like that that type of music like like i said there was blink 182 which i do like blink 182 a lot uh i think third eye blind had a song in there mm-hmm. like those bands were like the shit back then you know so like i feel like that those type of things might bring back good memories for for you guys so i i, I could see it i can definitely see it all right well that's it for this episode of movie by mags we did can't hardly wait so tell me mags what do we got on the burner for next month okay uh next month i'm actually for for those who don't know i am a father of three uh little girls i have a three-year-old one-year-old and a newborn and i have seen frozen and frozen 2 a million times now i know probably grown men out there do not care about frozen but there is a secret plot in the movie frozen 2 that nobody knows about that i will exploit that i think needs to be brought to light there is some uh serious male bashing in frozen 2 that needs to be addressed and if you don't like frozen so be it i'm not a fan of it but you will be a fan of this theory and of this uh this uh, information I'm going to bring to you is very interesting, and I, I think that uh, it might raise a few eyebrows. All right. And then after that, after that, I'd like to get into the hardcore movies like Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, there's a good movie on Netflix right now called Extraction that I'm I'm uh, over halfway through. So we'll get into some good like uh, action movies and like adult movies and whatnot. But we need to stop at Frozen Two. I need to address something. And, uh, yeah, Disney World has some – or, I'm sorry, Disney has some explaining to do. All right. Yeah, because I'm no longer picking. He, as you could tell, he wasn't 100 – Mags wasn't 100% satisfied with this pick. But I thought it was <laughs> it something. It was hard, man. It was hard for me. I literally – I you told me about it, I think it was like two weeks ago. I watched it twice, and I couldn't watch it the whole way through each time. I had to stop, like, halfway through, start up again, and uh, – I was thinking, oh man. I guess the having me watch Frozen Two is uh, some good payback, I guess, for this one. No, like, what? I guarantee. Yes, it might be torture for the hour and a half or however long it is. But after you watch it, and after I explain this to you, it it this is gonna be a whole new conspiracy theory. Okay. And I just think people people need to know. All right. Well. That is it. And once again, thank you, Max, for coming on and doing this once a month for me. And for all the listeners out there, thank you. And the lovely Truman Show ending with good morning, good afternoon, and good night. (laughs) 